What's up, listeners? It's Andrea. Today, we are not impressed by dream episodes. Worf knows how to rock a really good turtleneck, and we ask the question, couldn't we just airlock this episode? Come nerd out with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today we're talking Season 6, Episode 16, Daddy Issues, Part 1. <laughs> no, wait. Wait, that's not the right name. <laughs> birthright. It's Birthright, Part 1. But really, it's Daddy Issues, Part 1. This episode was written by Brandon Braga and directed by Weinrich Kolb. Worf and Data both seek to know more about their fathers. Worf through visiting a world inside Romulan territory and Data through a newly discovered dream program. All right. What are your initial thoughts on this one? Can you tell by my tone what my initial thoughts are? (laughs) I think they're positive. No. Um, My initial thoughts, like before I watched this episode, I was like, okay, I know this is a two-parter. I know it's about Data and his dad and Worf and his dad. I think this is the one where Data learns how to dream. And I think the Worf storyline is really part two. So that was kind of my initial thing was like a vague memory. Mm -hmm. So similar to part ones in the past, part two is way better than part one. Um, But I have to say, after finishing the episode, I was like, wow, I did not remember how pointless this entire (laughs) episode was. Like, we could just delete this. We didn't need this at all. Mm-hmm. Like at backspace, all. I mean, backspace. Yeah. So so anyways, that was my initial thoughts was like, I know I remember something. And actually, part two, this I did remember. I knew part two was all about Worf in the prison camp. And that is yes. my favorite Worf episode of all of TNG. Me too. I love it. So I so I was looking forward to part two and I could not remember what the heck happened in part one. And now that I finished, I'm like, oh, that's why. Like nothing really happened. Because so, nothing. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. What, what were your initial thoughts? This episode is like living inside a static warp bubble. Okay. <laughs> it's just be fucking deleted. Okay. <laughs> is that the nerdiest sentence I've ever said? It's I not, but it's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> so my initial thoughts are like, okay, this is where Worf's story finally starts getting interesting for me. Yes. Like we get like little snippets of like, Kittimer and, and the betrayal to the Romulans, yes. but it wasn't Worf's dad. Mm-hmm. It was that other fucker's dad. Duras. Thank mm-hmm. you. The, yeah, Duras and all that shit. So it's like, okay, this is like where it starts to get interesting. I love <laughs> that other fucker's dad. I know. You know. <laughs> the greatest description of Duras in the history of descriptions. Thank you. Thank you. So I do, I do think this is interesting. Like he's breaking into Romulan territory to get more backstory on his family and his people. Yay. Mm -hmm. And then the dream stuff I'm not into at all. I just remember it being like, just in general, something to know about me. TV and movie episodes that have dream states in it is usually where like the camera work is like really wobbly. You seem like you're sort of, I could do without all of that. Like if Mm. you are a person not that I'm important at all. But if you're a person who's hoping to capture me as an audience member, get the fuck out of dream world, okay? Because it's all like open to interpretation. It could be anything or nothing or everything. It's a bird's wing. Look, now it's cake. Okay, I don't, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Um, also, I feel like the DS9 crossover was very I, weak. Yeah, like, well, okay. It was weak I to me. Get, I was like, there yeah. have been, I could dream up a better crossover. That, I mean, yeah. And we're not even writers. We're not even writers. The crossover to me was so weak. Like, yeah. you, if you're going to do a crossover, and granted, 
how many crossovers had ever been done on TV before this? Probably not many. So yeah. So fair. Well, listen, remember the Dyson Sphere episode? Yeah. With um with Scotty? Scotty? Yeah. That was that was amazing. That was that amazing. Was. Scotty, Scotty was a member of the crew for a yes. hot minute trying to save the Enterprise. This with like Dr. Bashir, I mean, he's easy on the eyes. So like, I'm not mad at that, but like, it just felt real. Like, I get why the network yeah. wanted to do that as crossover. But like, but they should have done something so like forced. the Dyson Sphere. Yeah, no, I, I agree. just felt and, forced as hell. I hated that. And that's that. the thing is with the Dyson Sphere, Sphere episode, it was like a cameo appearance, but it was a TNG episode. Mm-hmm. Really good crossovers are like that. This should mm-hmm. have still been a great TNG episode with the DS9 crew. That would have made it, like, so interesting. And the whole episode could have taken place on DS9 with the Enterprise crew. Like, that could have been so interesting. Yeah, some sort of alien attack, and then they all have to combine, like, they're, they're, you know, they could have done this cool thing where, like, Enterprise has to, like, undock itself from DS9 and, like, take it away on, like, a wild goose chase, while, meanwhile, DS9's working on some sort of fucking plan, and then Mm -hmm. Enterprise comes back and redocks, and then they combine their warps. Something! Like, all of this sounds way more interesting. Like, literally anything. Like, anything. Uh, But what they did was they just said... Hey, we're going to go to DS9, but we're not going to really interact with anybody on yeah. that crew. And then yeah. we're also going to do a weird dream thing. Like, it was very, it was just weak. It, was, it, it just, wasn't as strong as it could have been. I, I remember thinking about this episode years ago and being like, wait, was Dr. Bashir, like, on the Enterprise once or something? Yeah, I think. Nah, I feel like that was just like a weird fever dream I had or something. And then it turns out it was true. I was like, oh, wow. And it was just as dumb as I thought. So here's how we're going to break this down, guys. Okay. Because there's really two storylines. There's the data dream, stupid ass storyline that we're going to talk about real quick. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into the wharf stuff because that actually leads to next yes. week's like way more interesting backstory. Mm-hmm. And also he's still wearing the outfit from like when Picard was captured. You know yes. what I mean? Like the apparently ninja outfit. Yeah, if you spy around, you put on like a fucking kick-ass black turtleneck and some black pants. I'm telling you, if I wore that outfit, I would look like a Oompa Loompa. It would not be as cute as Worf in that outfit. So, I don't know. I got it for yeah. every spy. They you know always what? put I it have... like that. <laughs> so I live in a house that has two bedrooms and the second bedroom is like the guest room, but like nobody ever, you know, guest rooms are for storing extra shit because nobody ever comes to stay really. But the closet, I have all my cool stuff, right? I've got like my rock climbing equipment, my like snowboard, my skateboard, you know, and I'm always like, so what do I want to do? That this mm-hmm. is my bat cave, and it's just a guest room closet, right? But I feel like I need an espionage outfit to hang in there. That's just yes. a black turtleneck with some black pants and yeah. maybe some sort of Star Trekky looking backpack. Because mm-hmm. that's how you know I'm getting down to business. Okay? And you know, it's like all like late, like polyester and spandex, so you don't even need to hang it, and it won't get wrinkled. Like, I mean, these right? spy costumes are like the best. So yeah, they're we'll amazing. Do we'll do it those two ways, and and I will say. They do pick up this idea that Data can dream in a future episode that I actually really like. Where the is that the is that the cake? Yes, is that the cake cake with the Troy cake? The Troy cake. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that with you because I hate that episode. Yeah. Okay. I believe it since you said you don't like dream episodes. I hate dream episodes. Like dream episodes. But I I really like that episode because there is a legitimate problem on the ship, and Data right can tell there's a problem in his quote unquote subconscious, which supposedly he shouldn't have. But he's picking up the problem on his subconscious and it's yeah. playing itself out in dreams, which to me is a very human thing to happen. So that's why mm-hmm. I like it because I feel like the storyline is interesting. It's new. I've never seen something like that before. Yeah. It's weird. The dreams are weird and creepy, but all dreams are kind of weird and creepy. So yeah. I don't mind it. And I feel like we needed this part of this episode to You're set right. up that. But honestly, this episode was so useless. I think 
they wanted to introduce that about data, but it's not an it's not meaty enough to be a plot on its own. It's not meaty enough yeah. to be an episode. So they smashed it with this this intro part of Worf, which was does not need a whole episode. Like that could have been the first no, five minutes no. of part two. So I really felt like I don't know what happened with this episode. They should have this... taken the data storyline and just thrown it at the very end of another episode. Just mm-hmm. put it at the end. Last 10 minutes, now data can dream. That's cool. Da-da. Like, Solve. Yep. And because then move really, on. Because really, like the wharf stuff in this episode, in part one, this could have been like a 10 minute thing as well. Like yeah. we didn't need all the shuttle driving. The wharf stuff could have been with a that five weird minute. Looking, with, with, uh-uh. with that weird looking Iridian. alien whose name is mm-hmm. Shrek. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'll, all of that. It could have been one episode. I feel like mm-hmm. this episode is a soup sandwich. Okay. Imagine trying to make a sandwich and between two pieces of bread is soup, right? It is a mess. It's a mess. This episode, let's throw the let's let's just airlock it, but let's get into it so we can airlock yeah. it and then never talk about it again. Yeah. So we'll start with the we'll start with the data and we'll then we'll end with the wharf. Perfect. So data is um on the bridge and we're already so over it. Yep. Yep. This is gonna be this is gonna be a nice a nice uh this is a gonna be tight snack, ninety seconds snack yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> grab a snack. You're finished. We should be done. So data's and <laughs> on the bridge and have, there's some power fluctuation in sick bay or something. So Rikerson's going to check it out. He comes in. Dr. Bashir has this big device that he's trying to figure out what this device does in sick bay. And he hopes it's some kind of medical scanner. And there's so many questions here. Why do you have some random device that you just plugged into the Enterprise sick? Where Where is Beverly Thank right you. now? What it is going from, on? It came from the Delta Quadrant. And you're like, let me just. Let me just plug it in and see what it does. First of all, you have an entire motherfucking space station. Exactly. You can do it there. Why are you on the Enterprise's, like, system yeah, it's doing weird. this? It's weird. And he's like, well, the Enterprise has more, mm. like, advanced technology, which is true, but you didn't think you could, you should ask for permission. I don't know. It was weird. So it doesn't weird. matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. who cares? So anyway, it doesn't matter. So we find this thing, and then Data's like, okay, if you really want to know what it is, let's take it down to engineering to scan it instead of, like, plugging it into something in sickbay. So he's like, great idea. So they go to engineering. And they decide to just plug it in, put some power in that bad boy and turn it on. No one thought to have a force field. Once again, we do not know what this device does mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. all. This could yep. be a nuclear weapon. We don't sure know what don't. this is, but uh, we Fire scanned it, up, it and decided to just turn it on. So, yeah. So, by the way, it has like a little nozzle. It's yeah. kind of a cylindrical shaped yeah. thing, right? It it's actually looks a really like, cool shape. Kind of looks like two exocomps face to face, sort of smashed together. Mm-hmm. And it has like a nozzle, which immediately makes me think of like a barrel of a gun. And yeah. Data stands right in front of the goddamn barrel of the gun, and he goes, "Okay, fire it up, Jordy." <laughs> no, it absolutely looks like a barrel of a gun. You're absolutely yep. right. And even if it didn't, even if it was like totally flat, my thinking is it could explode. It could leak some pathogenic thing. There could be some terrible microbes in it. No idea can we just throw up a force field could we just throw up a force field so we can beam it into space if it gets mm-hmm. out of hand but we do none of that they're like punch it chewy and jordy yep. puts all the power into it and it blasts data data gets knocked out and he's out for like 42 seconds and while he's out that's when he goes into this like weird dream state he's walking to a down a corridor and you can tell something <laughs> you guys can't see it but andrea just rolled her eyes really hard i rolled um, <laughs> my eyes super hard i rolled my eyes so hard i thought it would produce like an audio state? Oh. no i thought it would produce like a sound that was detectable okay <laughs> he's walking through a corridor and it's kind of like wobbly like andrea was saying so you know there's something weird about this corridor he hears yeah. banging he turns the corner and it's somebody banging on an anvil it sounds like yeah and the guy turns his head and it's nunyan sung but it's nunyan sung when he was like 30 which we have not seen before by the way 
Brent Spiner, without all the data makeup, mm-hmm. really, really good looking. Very handsome I, dude, right? I was like, wow, new needs. Holy shit. I was like, Brent Spiner in 1992 was a stone cold fox, apparently. But like, we didn't know that because he's nope. covered in fucking gold paint. Yeah, this is, I think, the first and probably last time we ever see Brent Spiner on the show, not covered in either gold paint or old people prosthetics. Yes. There's no paint whatsoever. There's just probably like a little bit of makeup. His hair is a little must. And yeah, and it. he has and he has blue eyes. Who knew? Because Dana right? has gold eyes. I was like, damn. Yeah. Brent yeah, Spiner, okay. He was cute. So he turns Very his head cute. and he sees Data and Data's like, wait a minute. And then Data wakes up in engineering. And you're like, who cares? Huh? So, I mean, you're like, oh, that was weird. But like, that's but the, that's as, yeah, who cares? That's as far as our <laughs> mind goes. It's like, oh, that was weird. But you're not like, we've got to get to the bottom of this mystery. Like, no. we're not like that as viewers, but Data's like that. So he ensues for the rest of the episode to ask a bunch of people questions about interpreting dreams and what that means and visions and whatever. Um, feel free to jump in any anytime you want because I'm just going to like wrap this up. <laughs> no, that's I mean, that's about it. Like he yeah. he talks to Picard who like Picard is noticeably absent this episode. Like we see him at the very, very top of the episode yeah. walking through like DS9, DS9 mm-hmm. being like, God, I'm going to be up to my ears and in, in Bajoran aqueduct studies or whatever. And then we see him for like two seconds when Data comes to talk to him and he's like, I'm experiencing these dreams. And 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 Picard is like, you need to explore them and like whatever mm-hmm. and he goes to talk to Worf and Worf is like a dream about your father I'm also experiencing daddy issues this episode so like you need to you <laughs> take this rabbit hole Twinsies. like as, as far <laughs> as it goes yeah like explore and Data's like cool I'm gonna do that and then that's where we get to the second dream yeah so Data so Data starts exploring through painting which I really like resonate with because I remember watching Data paint all the time on on TNG and I always thought it was really cool to see like an android trying to be creative. So I actually really like that. It's similar to like the the po- the poker slice of life. Like I always love that. So I always love seeing Data paint. So Jordy comes to find him is like, what the heck? Like you've missed a meeting, which I can imagine Data's never done in his life. And comes in to find out that Data's painted like 23 paintings mm-hmm. of different images, which were all beautiful. Like whoever painted these, they were so, so cool. cool. So yeah. cool. Like the corridor, I want one. Like I want a mm-hmm. painting of a freaking corridor. It was so cool. Um, it was so, really good. Yeah. So he has all these paintings and he's like, I've tried to explore it. Everyone's told me to explore it. I've explored it through painting and I'm seeing more images, but I still feel like I don't really get it. I need to do that again. So will you help me to blast myself into kingdom come one more time, Jordy, for friendship's sake? And Jordy's like, dude, it's super dangerous, but I'll help you. Yeah. Let's go get Dr. Bashir. Wee. <laughs> And they all jump on a bicycle built for three and pedal themselves down to main engineering and fire up this shit eater again to see what's going to happen. And they blast him again and he gets blasted back into his dream. And like, again, it's like now there's there's more to the dream, right? Because a bunch of paintings that he painted were like things he saw in the dream that we as viewers saw. But then there were other things that he was like, this wasn't in my dream, but I'm feeling compelled to like paint it. It's mm-hmm. like a bucket of steam. Cause like the new, the young Noonien Sung was like blacksmithing. So he's mm-hmm. like, okay, a bucket of, with steam coming out. And then like a bird's wing and then a whole bird and then a fucking flock of birds. And then like, uh, whatever. Right. And so this is what we actually start seeing in this dream where like, he's kind of walking through, he's wobbly walking through the corridor. He's following the like banging sound of the hammer right Nunyan Sung turns around and he's like oh hey Data and when he and when Sung like lifts up what he was blacksmithing it's like a a like a raven's wing mm-hmm. and he plunges it into this bucket of water that creates the steam so there's that painting and then 
all of a sudden, like he disappears in the steam. And when Data kind of like, next thing he knows, kind of very much like a dream, next thing you know, he's standing on the bridge of the Enterprise. But like all the chairs are taken out and there's a bed in the middle and he's laying down in it. And, and all his new- paintings are around. <laughs> it's like a very 90s art gallery where it's like a couple of house plants and just paintings on easels everywhere, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Nunyan Singh is like, welcome to dreaming. I didn't think you would actually get here. Like I wrote this programming for you, but like you had to have like evolved a certain level to like meh whatever right and then (laughs) and then data suddenly like closes his eyes and he's like but this doesn't make any sense and soon it's like well it's not really supposed to make sense because it's dreaming you know it's dreaming it's like where you can experience other you know whatever other stuff and then he tells data to like this is the best this is fucking the best I can do. Her okay. explanations of doing it sucks everything. It's just everything. <laughs> and then he's like, and then he's like, that's dreaming. So yeah. This I mean, that girl, explains dreaming perfectly, me. actually. This is, a, this is the best I got for right now. Okay. <laughs> but he does tell Data he's like, sleep now and data's like okay so i guess he like falls into a dream within a dream and he yeah, turns and he into goes, a bird he and he goes, can like sleep fly. now data you are the bird and he closes his eyes and now yeah and now he's a bird flying through the hallways and mm-hmm. then he flies right through the bulkhead like right through the wall out into super space. cool so cool and then he like flies back towards the ship and then he flies back out and towards the nebula and i was like oh my gosh this is one of the reasons why i love my vr headset is that right being able to like float in a nebula something yeah. i will probably never be able to do um, I don't know. Technology is going really fast, so who knows? But as far as I know, I'll never hey. be able to do that. And it's like so cool, so pretty. That was like, cool. Wow. It was really, really visually pretty. Like he flew out of the ship, and then he flew kind of like alongside the ship, and you can still hear the like ship sound, like the mm-hmm. warp sound, you know. And then like flew right back in, and then w- wakes up. And so what he and Bashir are talking about is like, oh, so soon programmed these dormant programs into my system to allow me like when I reached a certain level in my growth and development, they would like unlock and then I would be able to dream. And Bashir's like, oh yeah, the exocomps that I found like in from the Delta Quadrant that we zapped you with, like <laughs> must have like kind of fried your circuits and like prematurely mm-hmm. like unlocked. Triggered yeah. yeah, triggered these dormant sub-processes. And he's like, well, what are you going to do about it now? And Data's like, well, you know what I've decided to do is, like, set aside a couple of hours, like, you know, once a week or every night or whatever to, like, practice dreaming and just, like, just see what happens. And Bashir's like, sounds good. Okay, my crossover is done now. Thanks, Data. Bye. And he goes right back to DS9, and that's where that storyline, like, ends. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to introduce Bashir as, like, they tried to give his character some depth by giving him interests right he was asking data like does your hair grow wow you breathe mm-hmm. your your pulse moves and all the stuff and data's explaining like why he breathes so that he can cool off his internal systems or that yeah, it's like the, a computer fan yeah, yeah or that his pulse is moving because it's actually lubricating all of his systems i'm mean, just like blood you know bringing nutrition to our bones and our muscles and stuff like that yeah um so i thought that conversation was interesting and it did show that bashir thinks on a different level yeah. But again, as as a crossover episode, this episode was just really weak and stupid. If they would have had an actual, like, something they had to solve together. Yeah. And even if you just took Jordy and Data over to DS9 and they solved something with the DS9 crew, that would have been, been a cool. much stronger episode. Because it would have been a, a legitimate, there would have been a point to it. And we would have seen the personalities of mm-hmm. all the other characters. And we would have fallen in love with them in the context of Data and Jordy or Picard and Beverly or whoever the F, Riker and Worf. But, like, having having that would have been better than whatever this was. So that ends Data's storyline. That's it. That's what the whole episode was about for him. It was yeah. pointless. 
Next, we go to wharfs, which is almost equally pointless because this little part could have just been the first five minutes of part two. Yeah, yeah. But it starts out with him and Jordy at like, it's it looks like Quark's Bar, but I actually don't know where they are in DS9, having a meal. Yeah, some sort of like food court, yeah. Some, some little cantina scene that at least did not have someone singing horrible Klingon opera. <laughs> Thank oh God. God! I've forgotten all about that. Oh, every time I'm, I see a cantina, I'm I think re-traumatized just thinking about that. Every time I see a cantina on this show, I'm like, oh, please don't let God her show up again. Damn it! Yeah. Um, so they're they're eating, and then Jordy's like, ah, oh, this food's not good. I'm gonna go talk to somebody. I'm gonna go get some food from another part of the space station or whatever. So this Uridian named Shrek comes up to Worf and is just like, ah, the Klingon in Starfleet. I know exactly who you are. You're Worf, son of Moog, and. Worf is like, what of it? Like, I'm trying to eat my meal. Leave me alone. And trust mm-hmm. me, I have been there. I it, When I was in mm-hmm. college, we had our little eating area. Um, I went to UCLA, so it was a freaking huge school. And the eating area was gigantic. And people would always come into the cap- like the eating area where there's all mm-hmm. these restaurants and stuff. And they would always try to, like, give you pamphlets or sell you stuff or talk to you about things because they Get knew you were, like... out of here. Yeah, they knew you were, like, yeah. stationary for a certain period of time. And it used to drive me bananas because I was, like... Yes, I came out to eat in a public space, but if there's no one else at my table, it's because I want to eat by myself in a mm-hmm. public space, but by myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't alone. want company or I, I want to be left with, alone. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want company or I would have eaten with company or I would have stayed at the cafeteria in the dorms and eaten with people, you know. So anyways, also, if I wanted company, it wouldn't be with pamphlet people. OK, no. like trying to sell me shit. No, it was it was it would drive me crazy. But anyway, so when Worf is getting irritated, I'm just like, I feel you. I feel you on that one. <laughs> so this guy is like. I know your father. And Worf is like, my father died 25 years ago at Kittimer. Um, And he's like, no, he's still alive. And I know where he is. And I'll tell you for a price. So apparently this guy is some kind of information pirate or something. Yeah, he's like an information dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's an information dealer. And so Worf um, gets really mad, slams him against a wall, storms off. He's like, oh, because he ends up like manhandling this guy to Shrek yeah. admits everything he knows. And he says, your father wasn't really killed. He was captured at Kittimer by the Romulans and then taken to a prison camp mm-hmm. where he's been all this time. And Worf is just like furious because he's like, oh, a Klingon would never allow themselves to be captured. They would kill themselves first because it's not the warrior's way mm-hmm. to be a prisoner. Like we just would not be imprisoned. And we have seen that on the show. When Klingons get in prison, they break the yeah. F out. Because they yep. don't stay in prisons. So, or they get in prison on purpose so that they could break out and do some sh- shenanigans. So, uh, Worf storms off and he's really upset. And you know what? I understand this. Like, imagine if you thought, like, both of us, Andrea and I, our fathers have passed away. If someone told me that my dad was alive, I wouldn't believe them either. And yeah. I'd be really upset as well. And I yeah. feel like, you know, how dare you? Like, how dare you, like, say that to me and bring up these feelings? Like, I'd be just as mad. I'd probably hit somebody yeah. a few times. Um, and so <laughs> Worf doesn't though. He just storms off, but he's furious and he's biting everybody's heads off on the bridge and snapping at everybody. And he eventually leaves and Troy comes to talk to him. Like he's, he's doing the most angry Tai Chi we've ever seen Worf. Yeah. Do. You know what I will say? Klingons do love them a glass table yeah. because when your rage bubbles over, that's the first thing you break. I was like, okay. Yeah, we maybe smashed. switch to another table. <laughs> maybe switch to wood for Worf's quarters. I don't know. But that would be really satisfying. It looks satisfying to just be like, yeah. you know, and it breaks and it shatters. And you're just like, yeah. So Troy comes in and they chat. And basically he he tells her what Shrek said to him. And she's like, oh, my gosh, your father's alive? Is it? Is it? Is that tr- possible? And Worf's just like, it can't be possible. It's impossible. And Troy's just like, well, 
if it's so impossible, why are you why are you upset? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, you know where to find me if you want to talk. And she just kind of leaves. Well, I actually like that scene that that she has with Worf because what he basically says to her is, oh, Klingon would never allow themselves to be captured. That is like not the warrior way, right? Right. So if it's true, the shame, they've got this dialed down apparently to like a, a formula. Mm-hmm. The, shame, sure. the shame would trickle down for three generations. Why not five? Why not 10? Mm. But the shame would trickle down for three generations. So myself and Alexander and even like Alexander's sons would feel shame as well. And so if he's alive, this is like the worst possible thing. And that's Mm -hmm. when Deanna says, you cannot deny the possibility of this being true just because you don't want to face what, what, like the discomfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, and I really like that about her because I'm all about like, not just shoving your feelings aside because it's inconvenient. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I was like, thank you, Deanna. And she doesn't push it. She's like, if you want to talk about this more, you know where to find me. Goodbye, right? She steps over the broken glass table and out she goes. Next thing we just see, like counselor boss, right here. She was because she said what needed to be said. She said it the way it needed to be said, and then yep. she left the ball in his court and she left. She didn't press it. She didn't try to convince him. She didn't sit and go, Wharf. Now it's really important to connect with your family. She didn't do all that. Mm-mm. She said, "Okay, well, here's what it is. Do you think it's worth it or not? You know where to find me." And I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. No, I like that too. So he ends up being like. Uh, fine like i guess we gotta <laughs> look into this stupid shrek's claim so he finds shrek and he's like fine give me the coordinates and you're gonna take me there and shrek's like uh, uh i have like other things to do i don't have like a ship and Worf's like i know you that you do so like you take me and i will pay you at the end and if you are lying like there is no amount of places you can hide where i wouldn't find you so i suggest you get on board yeah so this scene to me was just like it was funny, not funny. So it was funny because it was just like ridiculous. But then other parts I was like, oh, it's still going. But he goes to him and he's like threatening him. And he's like, all right, I want to know the truth. Tell mm-hmm. me what happened to my dad. And he's like, I'll tell you for a price. And then he like dangles him off the balcony and he's like, tell me now. And he's like, all right, I'll tell you everything now. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you the coordinates for a price. And he's like, you're not going to give me the coordinates. You're going to take me there personally. Oh, I can't take you because I don't have a ship. Well, I already looked at the manifest and I know you have a ship. Well, I could take you, but for a price, <laughs> as long as you pay, as long as you pay me up front, I'm not paying you up front. Okay, well, that's fine too. Um, <laughs> worst like, negotiation <laughs> in history. Yes, I'll yes. never tell. I'll kill you if you don't tell. Well, okay, I'll tell you. So it all started when I was six, right? And you're just like, <laughs> I'll tell you everything. So what? But the thing I thought that was funny, other than the fact that he kept flip flopping on everything he was really dead set on. Was that Worf is like, you know, threatening to murder him on Deep Space Nine in front of Which everybody. Which I was like, buddy, you're an officer in Starfleet. This is. Thank th- you. This, this is, is not a okay. court martial. This is not okay. I actually and you wrote, see all the crowd underneath looking wrote, up like, huh, I wonder if they're going to drop it. If he's going to drop what? that guy. Like, in, call in your notes, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote, uh, conduct on becoming an officer, Worf. Okay. <laughs> in like, my notes, I wrote, change your outfit before you threaten murder. <laughs> Like, don't do it in your uniform. If you were just like a dude, maybe people would just be like, oh, it's just some random Klingon. Yeah, but it's Deep Space Nine. Uniform, this is kind of the on. Wild West again. Like, you never know. Shit happens. Yeah, no. He's he's over here waving the, like, Federation flag, <laughs> about to stab this guy in the face with it. I was like, Jesus. Next thing you know, they're zipping off to this Romulan world or this, like, world in Romulan space. Yeah. And, you know, Worf is like, what kind of person sells information? And this Shrek is like, dude, I have my reasons. Whatever. Here's the deal. It's 
it's a dense jungle. You're going to have to do this like 20 kilometer like hike or whatever from the from where I drop you off to like where this camp is. Um, and Worf is very like, I got this. I can handle it. And I love after watching Avatar where I'm like, uh, you do not want to be at night in this alien world yeah. with all these freaking animals that are going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Worf's like, I got it. I'm, I'm fine. I got it. <laughs> Shrek is like the such and such like needle asp likes to strike its prey from like above. So I wouldn't look up if I were you or like maybe you extra look up to make sure they're yeah. not there. He something said, like that. He said, make sure you look up from time to time. Yeah. The needle snake loves to strike from above. Ha ha ha. And you're like, Oh my gosh, maybe wear Worf, a helmet. Do you That's- do <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we have some kind of gear. That's what I thought. I was like, there's well, got to be some kind of protective see, jungle gear I you could be wearing. You, I can see you <laughs> trouncing through the... First of all, I can't see you trouncing through the jungle, but if I did, no, you you'd cannot. be wearing like a big-ass football helmet to keep I would basically from- be dressed like an astronaut. Like, keep all the air and contamination, everything out. Keep the mosquitoes out. Keep the freaking brain-stabbing snakes out. Keep the scorpions out. Keep the freaking trees that hit you with a thorn and make you hallucinate your past. Yep, like, yep, yep. All of that, oh, man, the shades, of gray, the shades of gray spiky. And can we just yeah. go back to, like, does the, his ship not have a transporter? You can't just transport me <laughs> to, like... Three feet I in mean, front of the I guess, no people. I don't. I guess there's dense now. foliage, but like you can come transport through like lead. These and leaves rocks. ain't stopping you, okay? No, transport <laughs> me a good fifteen feet from the camp. Why don't you just transport me in the camp, like in a corner, so I don't have to scale a wall or anything? It was like the secret garden up in here. Like he find so war It really was. Like, climb but the a wall secret garden was. The secret garden was a little harder to get into. This was like, here's a gap in the fence, right? That he could have just walked through the door, but he decided to climb the wall and just did. Yeah. So he ends up actually like coming across like a naked Klingon woman who's like bathing and singing a song to herself, just like every Disney movie. And he like kind of watches her and she hears like the rustling leaves and she's like, so-and-so is that you and he kind of jumps out and she's like who are you what's going on uh, and he's like i need and you to she, tell no one that you saw me she's and like, she's oh, like you're a klingon it's like yeah he is a klingon how'd you figure that out yeah he yeah. is in fact a klingon and he says you must tell no one you saw me and she's like okay and just goes skipping yes the- she's like, Deal. like sounds good Worf, this doesn't sound like a really solid plan. You didn't have a plan at all, did you? You didn't, did you? The plan other was than, to get the Iridian to take him not to the prison camp, yeah. but like 20 kilometers away and then walk him halfway there and then point in the southerly direction yes. towards a river and you could follow the river to the wa- Girl, Worf's the- plan, Worf's plan was to put on his espionage outfit and hop in a shuttle <laughs> and he had not thought beyond that that worked though turns out that worked so it worked great he ends up scaling the wall of the secret garden and getting into the prison camp and it things are not right immediately it doesn't look prison campy right first of all there is um there's a group of what looks like elderly Klingons who are sitting around like a bonfire and they're like singing their songs and telling their stories. Uh-huh. I'm not seeing like guards everywhere. Right. So and the what first was thing- cool about that scene was I was like, wow, I bet you they'd never actually see elderly Klingons on the home world. Like we saw that one old lady that yeah. Picard went to talk to that time. Yeah. But it's yes. like, you don't usually get like, it's like a sign of shame if you have like gray hair as a Klingon, because why didn't you die you in battle? Died in battle. Yeah. yeah. What have you been doing yeah. your whole life? So to see a whole group of Klingons with gray hair, yeah. So, oh, the costume unless and makeup was so unless good. you're like the head of the high council or something, that's it, right? Yeah. So, and I don't even think he had gray hair. Nah, he was just kind of. He eh. just was. 
He's kind of like old and yeah, he was just kind of old, but he yeah. wasn't as old as these people. These people look way older than that dude. Yeah, yeah, and yeah I yeah. really, They're... I actually really like that. I was like, oh, elders. They probably don't even have elders. They have like slightly older, but not actual yes. like AARP there's young members. And there's older, and you don't get to elderly if you're yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up. Worf ends up like seeing one of the elders kind of like break off and like kind of go walking down a hallway. So he does the wharf thing where he like grabs him and puts his hand over the dude's mouth and to prevent him from screaming, apparently. And he's like, I am Worf, son of Moog. Is Moog here? Is he alive? Like, fill, fill me in. And the old man is like, you should not have come here. Like, first of all, Moog died in Kittimer. Like, he's not here. So I'm like, okay. So really sh- such a bummer. Let's go right? find Shrek and hit him in the face really hard. <laughs> Because you don't do with that with the Federation to flag, okay? With the Federation flag, multiple yeah. times, you don't do that to people and tell them that your father, who you thought has been dead for almost thirty years, is really alive in some secret camp. You don't even believe the secret camp is real. Turns out the secret camp is real, real, and there are Klingons there, and there are elderly. Oh, but not your dad. Your dad isn't here. Like yeah. that to me is like snatching him away again. Like, oh, yes, because like all of the other like facts that Shrek sold to Worf like were true. So yeah. why couldn't this be true? Like, yeah, that was, why yeah, couldn't Moog got, be there? Why couldn't Moog be there? So as, you know, he's talking to this elderly Klingon, uh, you know, he, Worf is like, I'm here to like rescue you. How many of them, how many Klingons are there? And they're like, oh, there's like 70 something. He's like, okay, well, I got to put a plan together to like rescue you. And they're like, uh, we are home. Like, this is where we live. You should not have come. And so things are just, not adding up, right? And Worf is so tunnel visioned on his plan that he is not reading the room and being like, wait, something is like off about the situation here. And he's about to go all gung-ho about getting them out of there, but like fails to notice that like guards, like the Romulan guards come around the corner with their like phasers. And the elderly says, we are not leaving here and neither are you. And this is like where the episode ends. And you're like, damn, Worf, you should have read the room a little bit better. Like some intel wouldn't have gone amiss. Yeah. Right before that, um, we find out that this guy was really good friends with Worf's dad and even knew him as a kid. So Worf's dad died when Worf was about five or six. Um, and so this guy talks about like, we took you on your first hunt when you were like six years old. And, da, da, da. and I remember like, basically, I remember dangling you on my knee when you were a little kid. And Worf is like, wait a minute. I remember you too. Like, this is crazy. This is to, to meet somebody you haven't even thought of in over yes. 30, in over you know 20 years yeah. is really, really crazy. And so they have this bonding moment. And then right before that, he's like, let me call the elders. He calls the elders. And the elders are like, what? Who is this dude? And they're like, it's Moog's son. And they're like, oh, no. And then the Romulans come around the corner. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're not leaving. And Worf, it, he has this look of betrayal because they were just sharing this moment of like, I remember mm-hmm. you as a kid. I remember you when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And this moment ends with like, you're not leaving. And it's kind of like, dang, I thought we were all on the same side and we're really yeah. confused about what's going on now and why he can't leave. And the episode ends. And I think it was a really good ending. I do like that cliffhanger ending. But again, all of this could have been five minutes at the beginning of part two. We yeah. didn't need the space shuttle ride at all. Not the Iridian could have just said, I know your dad's alive. Worf could have threatened to kill him. He could have said, I'll take you there. And boom, they're in the jungle. Like, yeah. We could have just... We could have just done that. And we could have just fast been, forwarded through that. Yeah. And this part could have been before the commercial break mm-hmm. when they're like, you're not, we're not leaving. Yeah. Neither are you. Also, let's break. just Perfect. obviously erase all of the data storyline. Okay. We don't need any of that. We don't need like, any of that. Yeah. This, this whole storyline with Worf could have been the cold open. 
Yeah. Right. Where like he gets this like subspace communication with some secret coordinates and like a message that says like Moog is still alive. He's being held at this camp. Go find him. And then he like shows up and then it's like, bum, bum, bum. Now you're stuck here too, along with all of us. And this is our home and we're not leaving. You're right. And then it could have been the whole rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's more data dreaming stuff in next week's episode. I and I so. certainly hope not. I don't think oh. so. I think it's all worth. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. This episode, obviously, I don't even need to say this, but it's a total pass. Like, the most interesting part of this whole story is, like, the Worf side of it. But we're just getting, like, the prequel to, like, the action. Yeah, we're not even in the good stuff. We're not even in the good stuff. The Dreamscape, I hate Dreamscape stuff. Also, the DS9 thing is super shoehorned. Like, this, this one... This is like a D plus episode right here yeah, for me. Yeah, I think I think what would have been better is if this episode was a legitimate crossover episode, like a whole new episode. Like we could have different. D- they literally could have done anything other than this, and it would have been better. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so this one's a skipper, um, and you don't <laughs> even need it because you know how every time they do a two parter in the second part, they always say previously on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh my god, no, why didn't we just do that? You don't need. Yeah, you don't need. You don't, don't need this episode it. at all because they're gonna tell you whatever important stuff you missed <laughs> at the beginning of next episode, and then they're gonna say, and now the conclusion. Mm-hmm. So really, Ta-da. skip this one and and check us out next week because next week's episode's <laughs> really good. <laughs> all right, what are your final thoughts on this before we wrap, or were those it? My final thoughts were this episode setup because you know part one is always the setup. Yeah, and I and I tend to not love the part ones because they tend to like drag on mm-hmm. for me. I would say I like Chain of Command part one, but usually I'm kind of like, oh, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. This one, so much more so. This felt really slow and really pointless. So my final thought yeah. was we could have just just done the Wharf episode. Like we just didn't need this one. That was my final thought. Yeah, totally didn't need it. Well, all right. Well, that's that for this week. <laughs> was that your final thought as well? Yeah, no, that, that's when I said, like, it's a pass and the dreamscape stuff yeah. sucks. And then yeah. the shoehorn. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, anyway, all right. Hopefully next week will be better. I'm pretty sure it will be because then we'll actually get to some, like, really interesting warp stuff where he can, mm-hmm. like, dig into his backstory. Next week, we are breaking down season six, episode 17, Birthright Part 2, guaranteed to be longer than this week's episode. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out for this, like, mozzarella stick snack-sized episode. We will catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.